Grace, mercy, and peace are yours from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to a sermon podcast from Salem Lutheran Church. For more information, please stay tuned at the end of the sermon. found recorded in the book of Acts, chapter 1, beginning at verse 1. This is the Ascension account. I wrote my first book, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began doing and teaching until the day he was taken up after he had given instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles he had chosen. After he had suffered, he presented himself alive to the apostles with many convincing proofs. He appeared to them over a period of 40 days and told them things about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, Do not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for what the Father promised, which you heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they were together with him, They asked, Lord, is this the time when you are going to restore the kingdom of Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or seasons that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. After he said these things, he was taken up while they were watching and a cloud took him out of their sight. They were looking intently into the sky as he went away. Suddenly, two men in white clothes stood beside them. They said, Men of Galilee, why are you standing here looking up into the sky? This same Jesus, who has been taken up from you into heaven, will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. Grace and peace to you from God our Father, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text for consideration is the closing words found recorded in Luke chapter 24, beginning at the 44th verse. Jesus said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. He said to them, this is what is written, and so it must be. The Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Look, I am sending you what my father promised, but stay in the city until you are clothed with power from on high. He led them out as far as the vicinity of Bethany. He lifted up his hands and blessed them. And while he was blessing them, he parted from them and was taken up into heaven. So they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. They were continually in the temple courts, praising and blessing God. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Brothers and sisters in Christ, As many of you know, it has always been 
my passion to always have Ascension Day service. I've always felt in following the church here that Ascension, as it has always been taught to me, is one of the three major festivals along with Christmas and Easter. A time to, yes, celebrate our Lord's ascending back into heaven, which took place 40 days after he rose from the dead. And even though I say I'm passionate about it, I do know that many churches today do not celebrate ascension. In fact, I actually just spoke with someone today who had informed me, ascension, what is that? And so many people are not meeting on one of these high church festival days. An awesome time to celebrate, and yet so few attend. I don't say this because I'm trying to say we're better than others because we have the service and they don't. But I'm saying that in the life of Jesus, this was an important part. Jesus ascending back into heaven. And yet so few actually hear about it. What I do find interesting is that it was so few who actually witnessed it. We know that Jesus had taken at least the 11 apostles. Of course, Judas is already dead. He had betrayed Jesus and ended up ending his own life. Jesus took certainly the 11, and we know that there were a number of disciples that were no doubt in the group. We're going to find out even next Sunday from Acts chapter 1, that the number of Christians at the time only numbered 120. It wasn't until Pentecost that the church grew dramatically with 3,000 being baptized. So we don't know how many of the 120 are actually witnessing Jesus ascending, but it was clearly a small group. A small group that would witness Jesus raising his hands and blessing them. And when Jesus blesses, that means he was saying a prayer. We don't have the actual words of the prayer, but we do have the actual words of the two angels that as Jesus was taken up before them and lost in the cloud, the two angels would say, Men of Galilee, why are you looking up into the cloud? The same Jesus you saw go into heaven is the same one who will return from heaven. And we know that that will be on the last day. Judgment day. Jesus being taken up into heaven. After this, we're hearing from the disciples that were told they had joy. In fact, I'll correct myself. It says here, not just simply joy. They actually had great joy. I wouldn't have expected to hear those words. They were very close to Jesus. They were as part, especially the apostles, traveling with Jesus during his public three-year ministry. It was like a seminary training, hands-on with the very Savior himself. We know that 40 days before this event, they actually didn't even just have fear. They actually had great fear. Remember they were in the locked room for fear of the Jews? Jesus actually had to appear coming through a locked room, making full use of his divine power and glory. 
and yet still being fully God and fully man in one person. But now we're not hearing of fear or great fear, but once again, great joy. At the very least, I would have expected to hear of sadness, or let's take it a step further, great sadness. Jesus is leaving them. They're not going to see him with their eyes once again. Or at least in this life. And, and yet they have great joy. It does make sense because they have a number of reasons to have great joy. They have great joy in knowing that the very Savior himself opened the scriptures to them. He showed them from the Old Testament. And, and the Old Testament is described as its three main parts, the law, the prophets, and the Psalms, the hymn book. He explained to them how all those prophecies that talked about the Christ were fulfilled in him. And what they learned about the Messiah from the Old Testament wasn't just some vague inf information that could really point to anyone. No, it was very vivid. Even Jesus himself pointed out, this is the scriptures that proclaimed that Christ will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. Only one can fit those fingerprints and fulfill those prophecies, the very Christ himself, who is Jesus. And not only was it proclaimed that the Christ will suffer and rise again, but also scripture testifies that repentance and forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. The same message that John the Baptist taught, the same message that Jesus taught, the same message that the Apostle Paul taught, the same message that Peter taught, and all the apostles was the same message that the prophets had taught long ago. The message of repentance, that sorrow over sin, and yet above all, that trust in the Messiah who paid for those sins with his very life. And the result is the forgiveness of sins. This is the very thing that undoes what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. For when Satan tempted Adam and Eve, he tempted them to reject God. And, and falling into sin, they lived under the fear and even the fear of death itself. The one thing that, under, that, that overturns what Satan has done is the blessing of forgiveness. The very thing Satan doesn't want us to know and doesn't want us to rejoice in. He would rather see us live in hopelessness and even to the point of why even care about God if life is so hopeless. But we don't live in hopelessness because of the perfect life and an innocent death that Jesus offered on the cross for the sins of the world. We live with the forgiveness of sins. And wherever you find the forgiveness of sins in Christ Jesus, you also have the hope of heaven itself. Knowing this, move their hearts to great joy. 
to know the very Savior, to know the very one who really unlocks the mystery of the Holy Word itself. Even Jesus made the point that these are, that everything must be fulfilled that is written about me. That the Old Testament pointed to Christ. And therefore, like the believers of old, these apostles, these disciples at the time of Jesus, knowing that he fulfilled those prophecies and that he is the one, are now joining him or joining those prophets and those Old Testament believers and looking forward to a Savior who will come again. This brings great joy. I am not one who believes that there's more than one way to interpret the Bible, and I know there are so many different interpretations that are out there. I believe in only one. Understanding each and every passage in the light of who Jesus is and what he has done for us. There can be only one understanding. And Jesus Christ is the key. Because he is the Christ, the Messiah, the Savior of the world. Oh, what great joy! But it doesn't stop there. They also had great joy in knowing that the very Savior that they're believing in, the very Savior that they now know is the very Savior who has called them to be his witnesses. And as disciples, to go and make disciples, in other words, to go make more of themselves. To go and share the very holy name that they themselves can't live without. It is truly the greatest honor and privilege that any believer in Christ has. To know Christ, yes, but above all to share Christ and to share his holy name and once again who he is and what he has done for us. This could have been given to the angels. They could have had the privilege and honor. But that wasn't God's plan, nor was it God's will. He gave it to us sinful human beings who have been washed clean by the blood of Christ and share with people the very Savior we can't live without. What great joy to know that we have been commissioned to proclaim this holy name to the ends of the earth. But it doesn't stop there. Notice the great joy in, in the fact that Jesus even said to them that wait for the power from on high. That the very one who commissioned them to proclaim that holy name wasn't telling them that they're going to be on their own, good luck, hope it works out, do a good job. No, he told them that they would receive the power from on high, and we know that was fulfilled ten days later on Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came upon each and every one of them, giving them the ability to speak in other languages that they didn't learn, but they were known languages at the time. Because on Pentecost, they were proclaiming Christ's name with everyone that came together for that major festival. And they were coming from all over the world. And people could hear that beautiful gospel message in their own language. Yes. 
But that wasn't the only thing the Holy Spirit gave them. He gave them the confidence and the boldness to share that name and to not sh stop sharing it. What joy, great joy to know this and to know that this is what Jesus promised and we know this promise was fulfilled. And finally, what great joy to know that Jesus ascended into heaven. There was no time for great sadness. His ascension into heaven meant the work was truly completed. If he stayed on the earth, then we would always have to ask, is there more to be done? Isn't he complete? But above all, his ascension reminds us that heaven is not here. And if we're trying to make a heaven here on earth, we're greatly mistaken. Heaven is with the Lord, who is the Lord of lords and, and the King of kings. He rules the universe for the good of the church, for the saving of souls, and all to his glory. This is why, even though Jesus ascended into heaven, the result could only be one of great joy. For they couldn't even thank and praise God enough for the privilege and honor of knowing and proclaiming and assured of our salvation in Jesus Christ. My dear friends, we join the apostles and the disciples in also having great joy. For we know we too have been blessed to know the holy name of Christ because it is written for us in his holy word. And unlike the believers at Jesus' time, they only have the Old Testament. We're privileged to have the New Testament. But the Old Testament is not just some old book that we ignore because we have the New Testament. And that one's far more important than the old one. No, they're both important because both of them point to Christ. Both of them point out who God is and what he has done for us, especially when it comes to our salvation. We have the great privilege and honor to join the apostles and the disciples of old in also making disciples and being witnesses what we have seen in his holy word as revealed from God himself. And for that we can't even begin to thank God enough. And the confidence that we have as we live in these end times knowing that no matter what happens in this life and in this world, we don't have to live with fear. For sure we don't have to live with great fear. We don't have to live with sadness. And for sure we don't have to live with great sadness. For we have joy. More than that, we have great joy. Because Jesus Christ is without a doubt our ascended Lord. Amen. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.
thank you for taking the time to listen to a sermon podcast from Salem Evangelical Lutheran Church. If you have any further questions or would like to learn more about Salem Lutheran and its ministry, please check out our website at www.salemevlutheran.org. Once again, that is www.salemevlutheran.org. May God bless you today and every day.